the Whistle Stop, our guest is Todd Frazier. He's played for the Cincinnati Reds, Chicago White Sox, New York Yankees, New York Mets, and Texas Rangers. He signed with the Rangers in January of 2020. A Major League Baseball All-Star in 2014 and 15. We're joined by Greg Peterson and Stephen Jordan. Todd, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Good to talk to you guys. Absolutely, and you're there in Arlington, and I want to talk about how there's this fresh feel to the Texas Rangers, first year with the team as far as you go, and new ballpark, globe life field. What's it like practicing in that venue? And, you know, there's a lot to look forward to when you look at the Rangers, maybe a handful of guys that could hit 30-plus home runs this season. you got Corey Kluber, Mike Miner, as far as really good pitchers. A lot to look forward to. A lot, like you said. Uh, we got guys that have you know been there before. You look at our starting pitching staff from top to bottom, all proven guys, and uh, we got some undercover, um, pretty good uh, bullpen relievers too as well. So right now everybody's fresh, everybody's excited to be back. It's like a whole nother season. We're starting up pretty much, uh, and you know it's exciting. You know it's going to be interesting as the season starts around July 24th because it's a 60 game season. 40 divisional games, 20 interleague, mm-hmm. a lot of concerns, clearly health, safety-wise. But when you look at it, there's those parameters with a universal DH. It's going to be interesting in the regular season games to have the automatic runner on second base to start every half inning as far as the regular season goes once you get to a 10th inning. So just a lot to think about, a lot in play. It's kind of a sprint to the finish with this season, isn't it? Without a doubt, without a doubt. You got to pretend like we're at a tie with two months left, basically. I love it. I love the different stuff. I told everybody before this, this is a year you can make up any rule you really wanted to and pretty much get away with it because next year we'll probably go back to normal, hopefully, and we don't have much, to, you know, hopefully we won't have much to worry about. So the, the more rules, the better. I, I think, you know, in a way, if we can all agree upon it, I like the 10-inning the rule. I've done that before in 2000, uh, I'm going to say 2009. Uh, with USA Bowl, we played in Puerto Rico. By the 11th inning, you had to put a runner on first and second. And I thought it was great. Are you going to bunt the guy over? Are you going to take a chance? Uh, this is what's going to make it awesome. And you're not on the field uh, for too much longer. So I think it's a great rule, and I, I really can't wait to see how it uh, it transpires. This five-year anniversary coming up. Let's rewind to 2015. You know, I'm actually talking to you 15 minutes away from Cincinnati. I'm in Fort Mitchell, Kentucky. So let's rewind to 2015 with the Reds at Great American Ballpark. You won the MLB Home Run Derby July 13, 2015. Beat Jock Peterson 15-14 in the final round. Tied Peterson with 10 seconds to go in regulation. Then won the title in a 30-second bonus period. It was a furious rally, and you did it with the first swing. Man, what a moment. Just reflect on that. Yeah, it it was pretty cool. I mean, I wasn't letting anybody beat me there, especially at home. I had both my both my brothers there. My brother Charlie thrown to me. My brother Jeff was pretty much my hype man. And the crowd pretty much took me under their wing. I mean, they pretty much willed me to win that event. Um, it'll go down in history as one of the better ones, I think. And um, it's something that's, you know, a top moment in my career. Because you dream about it as a kid. You know, you're in the backyard. Oh, home run derby. Who wants to play? You know, and everybody meets up at their local uh, Little League field. And it's just awesome. It's something I can reflect on and say, you know what, this is something pretty cool. And I was very, very excited to, to be a part of it. And not only that, and win the whole thing. Well, Todd, we certainly uh, miss you in, in northern Kentucky especially, but the Cincinnati area as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, career, business decisions, you got you, you move on. But uh, you were especially a fan favorite in the, in the Cincinnati area. And I want to touch on your relationship with 
our man Teddy Kramer. Just a great relationship that you developed. Uh, you know, he was able to be a bat boy, and eventually, uh, for the fans out there that don't know, uh, Teddy's uh, now works in fan relations, has Down syndrome, but you, you all just developed a special relationship. Give us a little rundown into that and into how you ended up hitting a home run for him, and y'all have your own handshake. Just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he, he basically, before he became a, a worker for the Reds, he basically was a second or third year coming. He gets one day where he can be the bad boy. You know, when he came in, all smiles, man. It was really fascinating to see this type of kid. He, you know, he's actually older than me. I call him a kid because, he, you know, everybody should act like him. He's happy, so lucky all the time. And, you know, you wouldn't even know it because he just he's just a fun-loving kid. I flocked to him. We had a great relationship. I gave him one of my wristbands. Um, he asked me to hit him a home run in the later innings. I actually hit one. I didn't even know I hit it until I rounded second. I look at home, and, and Teddy's over there going crazy. And um, we developed a great bond. I saw him last time in playing Cincinnati. Um, you know, we exchanged numbers again because he didn't have it. And I tell him, call me or text me anytime you want, man. I'll be there for you. And uh, we have a really good bond, like you said. And, Todd, you made your MLB debut with the Reds in 2011. How – strange was that i know baseball being what it is you never really know where you may land but growing up a yankees fan you end up getting drafted by the reds and you make your debut with the reds in 2011 what was that like yeah it was awesome it was awesome my first love i tell everybody it's something i'll never forget you know i had such a fun time in cincinnati uh, my wife and i you know and, and my family you know my son was the only one born at the time i got three kids now but you know we had such a fun time it was a great atmosphere some of the greatest fans there and uh, they they loved you. They 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 wanted you to do well, and they kind of understood the game. You know, they're going to take their their down, ups and with their downs. And yeah, I had such a blast there, man. I I really did. It was uh, such a fun time, and um, you know, something I'll never forget. Two-time All-Star, grew up in New Jersey, played in the 1998 Little League World Series, the Tom's River East American League Little League team. That is the beast of the East. Won the world championship. You started the final game at shortstop, went four for four, let off on a home run. You were the game-winning pitcher, had the strikeout that sealed the game. Take us back to that. Yeah, my brother went in 95. It was a dream come true for him. And I told myself, I said, when I was with two of my buddies, Joey Franceschini and RJ Johansson, two of my best friends growing up. I said, this is Mecca, boys. This is where we got to be. And uh, we took that upon ourselves to lead our, our team you know, because we pretty much won every All-Star game leading up to it, especially in New Jersey. And um, we had a lot of lucky breaks, don't get me wrong, but, you know, we were the better team. We had such a fun time. I, I give credit to the coaches and the, and the parents. You know, parents nowadays, why isn't my kid playing, blah, blah, blah. Everybody knew their role. And parents as well. They weren't, they weren't coming at the coach explaining, why isn't my kid getting more playing time? No, they understood their son's role. They're realistic, and, and I think that's what made it better. In our practices, we had home run derbies all the time. We just – we really were a fun group, and um, uh, if I could relive that again, that would be a year I'd love to go back to for sure. And they invited you to a Yankees game. You had an opportunity to stand next to Derek Jeter. Was that just one of those moments where the light bulb went off and you looked around and you're just completely awestruck? Yeah. You know, I talked to him for him briefly before the anthem. You know, he can't really talk, but such a gracious person. Now I know him personally. Uh, I was there for one of his games, uh, and I actually played in his last All-Star game, which was great. And uh, I got a jersey signed by him, his All-Star jersey. I got it hung up in my bar, and 
Yeah, it was it was a surreal moment, something I'll never forget, and that's where it first kind of kickstarted. Like, oh man, this is something I want to do, and eventually, here I am, man. Very fortunate. Well, Todd, I can't talk about New Jersey without you and I's connection, uh, the the Derigi family, and yeah. you know the the, the whole family. I'd I, I'd I'd count them, but w- with all of them, I'd I'd be going on for twenty minutes naming them all. Uh, but yeah. um, but talk a little bit about your relationship with uh, with Maddie just how special he is. I know Teddy's a, a good friend of yours, but Maddie and, and, and Tom and Barbara, the, the whole family is, is somebody you go way back with. Yeah. Yeah. Grew up, uh, Tom Jimmer people. Um, you know, Maddie, um, you know, he got caught with, with a disease. Uh, I forget exactly what it's called again. I mean, you might refresh me with it, but, Duchenne, uh, yep. yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, he's been in an electric wheelchair, uh, you know, for pretty much since he was 11 years old. And he's a sports guy. He's a sports nut. He loves sports. He's such a he's a great kid. You know, I came over his house for his birthday uh, last year. He's a big fan of Rutgers, big fan of, like, just players, too. And, you know, he came out to a couple games in Cincinnati and with you as well. You know, his dad's such a fun-loving guy, man. He does everything for his son, Matty. And um, God bless him because, you know, with the situation they're at, you know, you can easily just say, all right, we're just staying. I'm not doing anything. He does everything for that kid, and uh, I really respect him for it. And, again, a fun-loving kid in a tough situation, uh, trying to make the best out of it, and a great family, too, as well. And Maddie's almost like uh, – I almost call him Dr. Jeeves because the guy literally knows every sports fact out there. He is sharp with oh, yeah. the tech. Sports guru, man. He's so, he's so funny. You can't, you can't beat him in trivia, too. I know that for sure. <laughs> you talked about Rutgers, Todd. What was the experience like with that program? You won Big East Player of the Year in 2007. What first and foremost goes through your mind? Yeah, I think of Freddie Hill, our, our, our coach who passed away a couple of years ago. You know, he had some, he had more energy than most of the players. He's such a great guy. He had a lot of connections. That kind of made it easy for me. Um, close to home, my junior year, we had a really good squad. We won the Big East and the Big East tournament. And, um, you know, we went to our first regional in a long time. So to be, you know, in in the area, in New Jersey, and not going to a bigger university speaks volumes because I wish other guys would do that and understand how good that sports are in Rutgers and in New Jersey right now. We're, we're making a push. Our basketball team was top 25 this year. We got Greg Schiano back who's making a push, and our baseball team just got two or three top four or five star recruits. So, uh, it is. It's a great university. I love them to death, and I'll, I'll work for them as long as I live. Todd, this is Stephen. When I was about 10 years old, a guy by the name of George Smith taught me something. I played third base. Just a little habit of close the alligator and lift the ball to your belly button. Is there yeah. anything growing up that you learned that has stuck with you all the way through your career? Yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely one of them, you know, the alligator mouth. Um for me, uh, that, that's, that's a great question. I've learned I learned a lot, but for me, I'd have to say, um, you know, they always call third base the hot corner. You know, they always say one step and a dive. And, you know, I, I used to be a lot faster. It used to be two steps and a dive because I could get there quicker. But now, <laughs> for me, it's just pretty much dive. No, but, yeah, I just remember him saying it's always one step and a dive, um, you know, and, you know, come through the ball. I remember they always said, make sure your glove goes through the ball and you always got time at third base. And uh, that that bodes well for the most part. Again, kind of touching on my youth in baseball, the same coach told me that hitting home runs 
actually the plane of the swing, if you hit a home run, it's a mistake. So from that day forward, I just decided I'm not going to sit here and try to hit bombs. I'm just going to hit for average. Do you agree, disagree? What do you think about that statement? I agree to disagree, I would say, because for me, sometimes I go up there trying to go deep, you know, and at the end of the day, I, I try and hit the ball hard, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, I'm trying to square the ball up, and that's the part where I, I agree because if you try squaring it up and the mistake happens when you get just underneath it and all of a sudden you clip them and uh, you hit the home run. But, you know, sometimes I'm trying to, you know, crush the ball and, and hit a homer and sometimes I'm trying to square it up, and then that's where the mistake happens and the best mistake possible. Todd, during this COVID-19 pandemic, take us through family life, being at home, you got the three kids, your wife, you're playing Candyland, you're winning Candyland. Take us through it. Yeah. <laughs> we tried everything, man. We played a lot of games. We enjoyed, you know, everything about it. You know, my kids love doing stuff. So I got three kids under the age of six, and, you know, I got to keep them busy. So for me, they kick my butt in Candyland all the time. I get to the top, and then all of a sudden my wife, I could have sworn she cheats all the time and gives me the card that makes me go all the way back to the end. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'll get her next time, but – we have such a fun time. We made a lot of games up during this pandemic. And, um, you know, you, you force yourself to do new things. And I thought that was the, the best part of it. Throughout your career, you've had a lot of great moments and, yeah. and, a, and a lot of just big-time experiences. Give us two or three of your pinch-me moments where you're like, gosh, am I really here? This is unbelievable. Yeah, I, that's a really good question. I think um, the latest would have to be the home run I hit off Sean Doolittle, the three-run homer. When we were down 6 nothing, and I ended up tying the game in the ninth, it was just electric crowd. It was one of the farthest balls I've hit in a long time. Uh, that was awesome. Um, I remember when I hit the game-winning home run uh, opening day um, in Cincinnati. I hit one in the upper deck off the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, my first ever walk-off home run against the Atlanta Braves. You know, one of the home runs in the playoffs I hit in Yankee Stadium to kind of kickstart us to get back in the series. You know, stuff like that was was truly awesome um you know i'm sure there's a lot more but those stick out right now those are all great moments todd and i was actually there at that that opening day and i just remember my wife grabbed me and i she's never grabbed me tighter i don't think because she said todd just hit one i mean just it was amazing <laughs> that's all yeah hey listen those memories last a lifetime man and it's it's something i'll never forget too todd you got a frank sinatra walk-up song picked out for the season yeah, it's always fly me to the moon. You know, I could switch it up this year because it's such a totally different year. Um, you make me feel so young. I love that song. Um, I might come out to that one, and I might I might mix it up, you know. Might have one for every different time I go up there just because it's a new year. I've never done it before, but guess what? you got to try some new things sometimes. <laughs> I like it. Well, Todd, thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Good luck with the Texas Rangers this season. All right, guys. Nice talking to you as always. Yeah, thanks, Todd. Take care. Thanks, Todd. Thank you. In our next episode, we are joined by Dr. Wood Selig, Athletics Director at Old Dominion, former Athletics Director at Western Kentucky. Find us wherever you get your podcast and follow us on Twitter at WhistleStopPod.